at a high level, I think initially we are seeing there's sort of two outcomes here. First, of course, is the potential for energy consumption to decrease or peak energy demand among buildings to decrease, again, in response to these sort of shuttered or reduced occupancy schedules. Um, but on the flip side of that, and I, and I think there are some unknowns there, right, because buildings might still be attempting to flush out HVAC, HVAC systems or similar in preparation for people returning to work. Um, I think, of course, the first priority for any building that's preparing to reopen or reoccupy is encouraging social distancing, making sure that protective equipment is in place for occupants, and then being vigilant about cleaning and disinfecting spaces. So the energy-related or the energy system's role in transmitting the virus, there is a risk there, but uh, to the, the degree to what risk or what outsized impact this might play in transmitting the virus, um, I think is, is dependent on the building type and uh, the other, other factors that are in play. But the other piece here is that we're seeing is um, a lot of the recommendations from ASHRAE and, and CDC and, and other industry experts uh, focus on managing indoor air quality um, and deactivating certain HVAC energy saving strategies such as demand controlled ventilation to help prevent airborne transmission of the virus. So some of the recommended best practices for managing indoor air quality relative to COVID-19 or other viruses also have an impact on building energy consumption in that they may require um, greater energy to increase outdoor airflow to a space and to increase and to install, you know, higher rated MERV filters, for example. So I would say this trade-off between indoor environmental quality and energy consumption is not new. It's always been something that we've addressed in LEED and that building project teams have had to figure out how to balance these two priorities of high-quality indoor space with a really efficient building. But I think the COVID-19 pandemic has shown or has brought that into clearer focus and elevated that that trade-off in a more immediate way. So we did publish, actually there is a lead pilot credit now available to teams managing indoor air quality during COVID-19 that sort of lays out best practices and recommended strategies for ensuring minimum air quality. And then of course there are, the, like I mentioned, those energy implications of those strategies. And I think in at a, looking ahead at a sort of a longer term time scale over the next 12, 18 months, um, we'll be working closely trying to evaluate the information that becomes available um, as, as you know, case studies and more research is published and trying to understand when is the appropriate time to, to, if possible, maybe scale back some of the indoor environmental quality precautionary, uh, precautionary strategies such as increasing to 100% outdoor air and in some climates and locations where that's feasible and return to a more normalized sort of um, ventilation system and energy system operation mode. But that is, again, all of this continues to, to evolve as more information becomes available about how, um, how the virus is spread. So I think it's an exciting, exciting and, and really important topic to, to, for us to stay focused on over the next year um, and adjust our lead requirements accordingly. 
But right now, we do have a number of resources available on our website, um, including a selection of pilot credits um, that I mentioned that intend to support building owners and operators during this time.